this flyover clip. Let's talk about this Twitter world versus the real world. Well, you know, Dave Chappelle's got a great thing when he talked about, you know, he doesn't do a lot on Twitter. It's because because he goes, here's the deal. It's not real. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Twitter is like this crazy thing where people kind of spin out and it's become more and more of an echo chamber when they when they exited the president of the United States off of there. Yep. And thousands of conservatives. Um, I, I'm a tourist on Twitter. You know, I'll go on there because there's there's four or five people that, mm -hmm. you know, Wendy Rogers is the people that you get information That's from. That's one of your favorites. It is. I like to go there. I, I live vicariously through Wendy Rogers. She's, she's you know, <laughs> waging war, punching people in the nose. There, there's a few others. Cat Turd uh, is a good one. Joseph Flynn. I say Joe, Joe, Joe Flynn. Flynn. Joe Flynn. I, I like Mike Flynn. Mike Flynn's great. Mike Flynn is who you want if you're camping and you need to start a fire. You need some of these things. If you want to have a party, Joe Flynn. <laughs> <laughs> that's the person to invite. Joe Flynn's the one that's just dropping haymakers and stuff. No, the whole, there's like there's like a dozen of those guys. So they're just an incredible family. But, you know, he's great on Twitter. But you tend to see companies, large corporations morph and move based on Twitter mobs. Mm -hmm. and, and that gives you the illusion, you know, companies will drop somebody like Mike Lundell because a few people on mm -hmm. Twitter, which are mostly bots. Right. But they'll come on there and be like, oh, this is this is a big thing happening. And it's based on false information. You you start to think, oh, this is how it is. And, you know, there's, a, there's an example. Tell me real quick about the example you used with your sister when she was working with patients in the hospital. And they begin, yeah. she began to think like that's the world. It's, that's very true. My sister, I was a clinical dietitian and she worked with children and they had feeding tubes. So they had to be really, really sick. And, and she would work with little ones, like two to five years old. And, uh, and so every day she was working with them with uh, feeding tubes, helping them to get um, stronger and healthier and able to actually eat. But one of the things that she told me was on a regular basis, it got to the point where every child that she would see, she just expected them to be sick because that was her whole world. That's all she ever saw were children that were sick. And so every child she thought in the world yeah, was sick. Yeah, like, like she, well, this is normal. Yep. And so, so Twitter and social media, she used Twitter as like the, the, the face of it. Um, and now there's so many more coming up. And I see it with conservatives, you know, on, on different, you know, uh, uh, platforms where you just kind of only hearing one chain of thought. And it's not good. It's not good for anybody just to be getting one mm -hmm. one chain of thought. But I, I want to kind of push back on that a little bit because there are large segments of the population that think something is and it is not. Right. And so we're going to dispel a, a few of these. we've actually preached that. And so I think that that's really interesting. So the way that we came across this um, on Twitter was actually through Christina Crenshaw, which we had interviewed her on our show. She was a professor at Baylor the, the and PhD. She's a professor. Yep. One, I mean, her, her, her Twitter handles down below. She's worth being on Twitter just to follow her. Yep. If you want like a really nice person that actually is like, oh, but she had the mob some, coming after her. There's some good people in this world, and you know what? Uh, she gets hate. She gets mm -hmm. people down below. But you know, you know, you know, people that get on online and just talk trash, just stupid. They don't actually know anybody, but they kind of talk like they know a lot of stuff. Christina's got a lot of those, and she's one of the best human beings in the planet. That's so true, so true. So anyway, she actually turned us on to this guy by the name of Josh um, Howerton, and Howerton Josh on on uh, Twitter there. But this is what he he's actually a, had to he's say. A, he's a pastor in Texas, so he was he was talking down. about there's an if absolutely you know him, if you know him, get, hook him up with us. Maybe we'd like to have him on the show. Yeah, but he's talking about there's an absolutely massive gap between cultural Twitter narratives about the church and reality, and so we started kind of digging into that and looking at. What he actually well, and, posted, and, and, and another thing that's fed this is not just social media and the and the the echo chambers within there, and and news outlets and so forth, but movies, television, and sitcoms. Mm -hmm. You know, they kind of create a normal where, like, you know, 
sitcoms, you know, you have people that are like waiters and waitresses that live in downtown New York City, like in the show Friends and live in an apartment that would probably cost, you know, eight grand a month. You know, right. it's like it's not real, but you kind of think like, well, that's the ratio of people that have certain tendencies and all these things like that's that's how the world is. And we want to illustrate real quick a few key points on the gap between what you're presented. This is the deal. And and, and what's and what's facts. the real fruit? Because we know conservatives really like facts. They're more about give me the facts yep. than they are the emotion. Left, the left crushes the narratives, but we got the facts. We got the facts. So we're going to throw a few at you. All right. So here's the first one. Culture. Evangelicals aren't really pro-life. They're just pro-birth. They don't care about babies after they're born. You hear that all the time. If you're yep. on social media, if you're on Twitter in these places, that quote is out there all the time. What's the truth? Well, we actually found out conservative Christians adopt more children than any other population segment, more than doubling the norm. So if you look at this uh, actual graph there, this was a source from Barna Research, and it showed that 2% of U.S. households actually adopt, while 5% of practicing Christians. Way more than double. Yep actually um, adopt. So I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. So that's data. Those are actually facts and uh, and not just And we don't have it on on this cut, but when you get into the number of people that volunteer, that work in orphanages, our family as a whole, all of us, when our kids were in high school, we lived in Mexico, lived in an orphanage Mm -hmm. for two years. When you look at people that, that, that are contributing to different causes and that pitch in, it is overwhelmingly mm-hmm. conservative Christians that are active with not just contributions of money, but with their time. Mm-hmm. Now, this is pretty interesting because you do hear this quite a bit, this next one. Um, and we're going to talk about sex. All right. So it says the church is sexually repressive and anti-sex purity culture is what they and had to say. Th- there's this there's this vibe that, um, and, and you know, here's what created it is religion trying to control people. Mm-hmm. But but when you talk about the truth of what is actually the fruit in people's lives. Is, because is, God actually created sex. The, the devil didn't create sex. The, the devil didn't do it. Now, is it inside of marriage? And that is the confines of where it's supposed to be. Should you build your fire inside a fireplace, not on your couch or your living room? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's time and, time and place for it. But what is, this is a big one. What's the truth about this. So it said the data actually showed that church going conservative Christians are in a category with the most fulfilling sex lives. So when you look at the chart, you dig into it, it had like, you know, shared secular, secular couples, and then it had less mixed religious couples. And then it had highly religious couples and it had men and women. Look, how much higher it is um, with people that were considered highly religious that were satisfied in, um, in a handmaid's in tales their, world, their, you know, where you see people protesting in the handmaidens, you know, stuff. HBO, yep. these guys create these narratives that, oh, women are bound in their marriage and they're miserable in it. Well, it, it shows that women that are attending church are actually even happier in, in their sex life than the men. Yep. You know, and, and here's a story that kind of brings up to mind. I like to always point this out, too, because um, a lot of people present it as God creates rules and regulations to oh, con- this is a good point. To control you. Mm-hmm. And 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 here's the reality. God's God's rules, God are they're for our benefit the same as I as a dad would have for for my kids. Like I want them to make good choices. It's better to it's better to not spend everything you make. It's better mm-hmm. to save a little. It's better to, you know, there's just a lot of good good choices that you better, you know, look before you cross the street, right? right? That's a good one. Um well God Don't touch a hot stove. Don't touch hot stoves, man. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. God has the same thing for us and they're for our protection more than just his pleasure of 
I'm going to smite thee. If you do something, do something wrong, it actually produces fruit in our life mm. to create a regret-free life as much as possible. And everybody makes mistakes. There's things like, oh man, that's a bummer. I wish I wouldn't have touched that particular stove. But but here's here's one example. Now, I'm gonna date myself a little bit. Some of you are old enough to remember when Joe Namath was the man, when he was the <laughs> the king of of football. He was the coolest dude. He was wearing, he wore fur coats on the sideline. He was the top pick, you know, coming one of the first big name guys to go into the AFL to 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 shun the NFL for big money, went to the New York Jets. So he went from Alabama. He was the star quarterback, but then he's like Broadway Joe. They showed him, they always showed him coming out of nightclubs and he had a woman on each arm and just Joe Namath, you know, just mm-hmm. such a cool dude, you know, and this kind of thing. And on the other side at the at this at the same time, there's there's a, a guy named Roger Staubach. And Roger Staubach kind of more of a you know, kind of a Michael Married Flynn, man, kind of Michael like, Flynn yeah. type of dude, you know, exactly. just AJ squared away. Yep. He, he did two Boy years, Scout. two years in the Navy. Then he came back and played football. Uh, just always kind of did, did the right thing. There's a clip. I saw this years and years and years ago. And I began telling, you know, our kids this, we use it in workshops, and everything. Uh, watch this clip. It's only about 20 seconds of, of them asking about the difference between Roger Staubach and Joe Namath. This came up to, to Roger a lot. I love his answer. Roger, you have an all-American image. You're kind of a straight guy. Do you enjoy it, or is it a burden? You interviewed Joe Namath. I, everyone in the world compares me to Joe Namath, you know, as far as, you know, the idea of off the field. He's single, bachelor swing, and I'm married and family, and, you know, he's having all the fun. And, you know, I enjoy sex as much as Joe Namath. <laughs> Only I do it with one girl, you know? There I mean, you that, go. But it's still fun. I love that. that I love so that. And so I, I want to illustrate my point, though, because it's like, well, what what is created over the course of a of a life um you know you want to know who is the wealthiest this is a good trivia question if you're at dinner with friends who is the wealthiest nfl player of all time now granted he played you know in an era where you know patrick mahomes probably makes more in one game than 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 roger staubach made in his whole career but nonetheless john elway net worth of 145 million tom brady one eight, they gone so on so on so forth um now they included families, Tom Brady, because his wife's oh, preloaded. Yeah. It yeah, might be is. different. Yep. But Roger Staubach is the highest level net worth at six hundred million dollars. When um, when this what article, what year would that have been that he played? Well, seventies, you know. Unbelievable. So this this the the TV commercial thing there the 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 little video was black and white. So uh, <laughs> it it, pre, it predates me. It was it was BC. So I think that makes it like pre nineteen ninety three for sure. BC means before Kohler or before Colton, both. And so so he has a net worth of six hundred million dollars. Unbelievable. There, there's there's something to be said for building mm-hmm. each block on top of the other. And you know if it's not it's not you know real romantic. But when you're not always doing a reset yep um you can really establish you know things throughout your life so so there's this perception though that's that really good. that oh well god is against sex and the church is against sex and man you might have had an experience like that where it was taught as dark mm-hmm. and evil and bad and whatever else like that but inside the confines of marriage and keeping that where it's supposed to be creates a healthier more fulfilling than just running around and seeing what what uh and, what, and, what and you can what you can using do using the gift properly the way that God intended it to be used for. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. anyway. Uh, All right, let's talk about more think, things, though. Yeah. H- outside of that, I know you're a man, so you're like still stuck on that. But let's, I'm let's, stuck. Let's go back to the last one. <laughs> <laughs> the 
Let's move on. So culture, the church is emotionally repressive and destructive to your mental health. What's the data? The actual data was regular church attendance dramatically improves your mental health. The only people in the U.S. whose mental health improved in 2020 was actually regular church attenders. I wonder if that's why they didn't want you gathering in churches. Like you could buy alcohol. You can go to big box retailers. You could... uh, uh, you couldn't go to the gym. You couldn't go to church, but you could go to a strip club in New right. Jersey. I remember Ian yep. Smith talking about it's that. True. They closed down his gym. There's a strip club over, over here. It makes a lot you of sense. You can go buy alcohol. You can buy alcohol, marijuana, mm-hmm. whatever else. So it's like there's something, though, about the humility of being plugged into a a, a a corporate body that's different than watching online, that's different than, you know, uh, maybe just going on a walk or saying, like, you know, nature's my God or, you know, whatever else. There's something about the humility of like, I'm a part of this body and together we're in agreement on a thing. There's something about it's that true. I think that's healthy. Because you guys can look there, you know, there's like, they covered everything from wrist, uh, uh, reduced risk of death, redu- uh, reduced risk of suicide, reduced risk of depression, reduced risk of divorce, reduced risk of death of despair for women as well as for men, reduced risk of adolescent illegal drug use and reduced risk of adolescent depression all of those things covered uh, when you when you see that it's like these are in regular church attenders really fascinating Pretty how that actually happens all right let's go look at the other one Next, culture evangelicals don't care about the poor they just care about political power well i would say that's probably true about most politicians yeah um but when you have people that are, are a part of a system they're mm-hmm. they're they're regularly attending church when you say evangelicals it's probably a pretty big pretty big branch of folks there but do they just care about political power no actually it said church going christians are exponentially more generous to the poor with both time and money than the rest of the population and then they gave some pretty cool graphs on that one as well you can look at I mean, it's like that's pretty so it's, interesting it's persons who attended between 20 Seven yeah, 27 and 52. 52 times in a year so they mm-hmm. do give it a, a, a prerequisite maybe like oh my my cousin's real religious and he's tighter than you know a drum well <laughs> uh you know i don't know where he fits and maybe he messes up the curve a little bit but 27 to 52 times a year people are attending church as opposed to um also it says those who do not attend or never attend religious mm-hmm. services so it kind of throws out people so you know Obviously, you poke holes in numbers and whatever you want to with, with some of these things, and, and it might be somewhat anecdotal. Um, and you can go to these sources that we're quoting here and look them up yourself for the original guy that put mm-hmm. this out um, and, and check with him. All right. Next one. Culture. The church is oppressive to women, a tool oh, of the abusive patriarchy and creates toxic relationships for women. Oh, sad. Yep. Is that true? No, it is actually not true. That's not true? Nope. Conservative, Christian, gender, traditional, church-going women are in the happiest relationships in America, and abuse decreases by 50% in that category. Mm-mm-mm. And then when you look at this, you know, it's kind of hard to read there, but uh, it went from shared secular gender progressive couples to shared secular gender traditional couples, all the way to highly religious gender progressive couples to highly religious gender traditional couples. And you can see there how they rank that for women, how happy and satisfied these women are in these relationships. And they found their their relationship quality was very high. If you want to do a study, like how did Jesus treat women? How were they elevated in the New Testament church? Yeah. Probably even better than church throughout history. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's been repressive during windows of time. Right. And there might be pockets of that. But going back to Jesus and not religion. There's a big important. difference between Jesus and maybe, you know, 
organized religion. Yeah, mm -hmm. as a whole. Yep. All right. Let's take the next one. The church is morally backwards and bad for society. Mm -mm -mm. They actually that found that is not true. It's the not. church is awesome for society. And the higher the church attendance, the lower the, the, all of these things. If you look there, Burglary, all of those things, larceny, robbery, assault, uh, you know, it's funny whenever you read, you homicide. Know, whenever you read, uh, you know, verses in the new Testament, the list is like, don't do, you know, this and this and this, and then this is like debauchery. Yeah. But then they've got gossip in there too. And then gossip will be like the last one. Yeah, like, like wow, that's the worst. That's probably one of the worst. You know, speaking bad about somebody behind their back without mm -hmm. cause, very, very negative for your own well-being. Yep. But debauchery, I don't even know exactly how you define <laughs> debauchery. Debauchery is one of those words when you just hear it. I mean, it just you, sounds really if, bad. If you just heard like, hey, did you hear did you hear about Carl? You got caught in the midst of some debauchery. You're like, oh my gosh, not Carl. I just shook his hand yesterday. Oh my gosh, wear some hand sanitizer. I don't want his debaucheriness on my hand. What is it exactly? I don't know, but I hope I didn't catch it. I might need a shot. I didn't want to catch Carl's debauchery. That it just sounds bad. So, all right, but, but but it does keep you away from burglary, larceny, less, less uh, uh, likely to participate or be victim of. Yep. All right, next one. Go ahead. All right. Culture says, here's what culture says. Culture says church is irrelevant or ideologically and emotionally harmful to raising children. Man. Well, that actually is incorrect. Regular church attendance significantly decreases all three of the big three dangers for adolescents, depression, substance abuse, and sexual promiscuity. Now, are there people out there, you had a bad experience in church. You were hurt in church. You were had mm -hmm. something. Absolutely. This sure. isn't to say that, but it's also... It's also not to say that the best way to drive, you know, Stacy's dad, he was my coach in school. We've been, you know, together since like her dad. I mean, I don't, I hardly have memories without her dad in them. You know, I'm like a freshman in high school, you know, and stuff, but his, his philosophy is 10 to two because he taught driver's ed for 32 years. You want your Still hands today, man, you want your hands you. 10 and two. And even when you're on the road, you know, with him, he's like, Hey, careful, watch, careful, careful. careful. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you look behind you? <laughs> careful. Did you, did you check this out? And, and why is it good? to put your hands 10 to two because you're going to have the highest success rate of being safe. Yep. Now, can you get along fine? Drive it with one hand. You could drive a car with your feet, but it doesn't make it wise. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, there's just a better way to do things. Children growing up and learning that they were made on purpose, yep. that they were beautifully and wonderfully made by a creator that, that has a plan for their life, that loves them, that wants to be in a relationship with them. They're going to grow up with a healthier, strong self-esteem. Now you say, it wasn't like that for me. It was great until I was 10 and my parents got divorced. And so God stinks. Well, that's your story. And I'm, I'm, I'm it's a, that's bad, but that doesn't make the institution wrong. Mm-hmm. I went through similar experiences myself. And what I found is God was good in spite of people sometimes not being. They would disappoint mm -hmm. you. God doesn't. Sometimes it's hard to differentiate the two. That's true. If all you do is live in the, tw the little silo chamber of Twitter, though. Mm -hmm. That's all you think. Let's talk about marriage. You know, David and I, we've taught some marriage courses in our, uh, in our 29 years of marriage. Next month. Next month. 29 years in a row. And this is something we would hear quite a bit. The church doesn't help your marriage. The divorce rates are the same. Well, oh, man. What difference does church make? Same, same. Doesn't matter. Actually, you found out that's not correct. Conservative what? Christians who attend church regularly are 35% less likely to divorce. So 
there's probably a difference when people fill out these surveys and their Gallup or something like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. A lot of places like it's just, it just kind of, you just say you're kind of Christian. It's like, ah, I got to identify something mm-hmm. in the, the divorce right there. When they're talking here, it's regular church attendance again, yep. which involves a degree of humility. There's an accountability, you know, yep. when you're regular and people are like, Hey, you know, how are you doing? It's true. Let's go to coffee. Are you, how are you doing? Are you doing all right? That's exactly right. You have a group of people that are there that have your back that are praying for you that are accountability partners that you don't typically have um, in life outside of work or something like that. All right. Final one. Last one. All right. Church is a waste of time. Well, well what did well, we find out? Well, first of all, before you go to data, no one in 2022 should be saying anything's a waste of time because our world is full of time wasters. <laughs> that is so true. How much time are you spending on social media? You know, just doing whatever, <laughs> playing Candy Crush or whatever. It's like everything is a waste of time these days. So I don't know if that's the best metric, but what's the truth? What's the data? The truth is actually regular church attendance literally gives you more time, increasing life expectancy up to seven years. Man, Man that is so cool. That is really, really cool. So all of these things, you can actually find that if you go to Josh's uh, Twitter, you can find it at Howerton Josh, at Howerton Josh. He's got all of that as well as links that you can click on to, to look at the data uh, and figure it out yourself. I hope he is a great dude. Uh, Christina Crenshaw is for sure. Yeah, so, we know um, her personally. Um, I'm sure this guy's awesome. She put him out. Um, if you know him, have him connect with us. Love to have him on and have him break this stuff down, have him back up his math. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Push him on it. I tend to agree. What a great night. So much incredible information. Tomorrow, we're going to have more interviews. We're actually doing some in the middle of the night uh, with some people that are actually on the ground in Ukraine. We're going to talk to them about what's going on. So make sure you come back tomorrow. We'll be live again. Talking to human rights attorney, Lee Dundas. Uh, We've got all kinds of great things coming on tomorrow. We're talking to Dr. Iowa Mama Bears. Iowa Mama Bears. Talking to Dr. Mark Sherwood. Dr. Mark Sherwood had 9,500 uh, patients during the pandemic lost zero. zero. No COVID deaths. Mm-hmm. Let's hear what he's got to say. So 9,500. He might be getting, I've been saying 9,500 for a while now. I've known yeah, him. It's going to be higher than that. It might be getting close to 10. I don't know where he's at. So, uh, but an amazing man. And he's also running for the governor of Oklahoma. So we'll be able to talk to him tomorrow. That's exactly right. Have a great night. We'll see you back tomorrow. We bless you. We bless you to realize you were born for such a time as this. We bless you to realize that your future is brighter than your past. And we bless you to wake up, speak, speak up, up, and, and show up. up. Peace out. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.